Welcome to the Calm Nights, Strong Days podcast. With over 30 years in the health and wellness industry, I've realized there's no one-size-fits-all solution for sleep and stress resilience. What affects one person's sleep and ability to handle stress is different for each of us. The stage of life you're in, work and home stressors, your DNA, genetics, upbringing, social life, and more all affect how your body handles stress and your quality of life. Join me as we explore a variety of tools, strategies, and solutions I've employed with clients over the years in solo episodes, as well as insightful interviews and experts. Together, we'll unravel more pieces of the puzzle, empowering you on your journey to calm nights and strong days. So let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Burnout Expert Podcast. Today, we are going to be chatting with Ree all of the way from New Zealand. Now, Ree was a trained chef in England, and she's been living in New Zealand for the past seven years and recently became a resident. So amazing for you. That's awesome. Um, Ree has a wealth of experience in the culinary world the past 17 years, and she is currently the head chef at two cafes in New Zealand. Alongside her work, Rhee is deeply passionate about health and fitness and helping others. Her personal experience through burnout has driven her mission to inspire and motivate others to build resilience and really help them find meaning in their lives. So join us today as we are going to delve deep into Rhee's burnout journey and learn from her wealth of knowledge and her experience that that has given her. So Rhea, thank you so much for being with us today. No worries. I can't wait to get stuck in. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. So yeah, let's get started then. If you, you can start wherever you would like with your burnout journey. Okay. So the, the worst of it would be so during 2018 which is when rock bottom was pretty much the place I hung out the most (laughs) um so when I came to New Zealand I had a job I got a job in a cafe um, where I worked for two years and then that got taken over by a new couple who bought it and I'd just come back from six weeks in England I'd gone back for a holiday and then I came back to some terrible news, which is basically that I lost my job mm-hmm. with no warning or anything. So that was a huge shock. And due to being on a, a work visa, if that happens to you, you're pretty much screwed because you have to have a job to be able to keep the work visa. And if you don't have the work visa, you basically can't stay in the country. So that was probably the start of the burnout journey because the stress level went through the roof of going oh my god I'm going to get sent home I don't have another job to go to what am I going to do so basically I had to go straight into finding another job and it had to just be any job within hospitality Um, so I didn't really have much time to decide what I wanted it was just a case of here's a job, I need to take it. 
Um, and it all sounded great. It was a new business. It was like brand new. It was opening in a building. And I took that job and it was great for the first few months. But then after that, life just started to go downhill and the tiredness and the stress of probably the previous, at that point, six months was just getting extreme because I'd basically gone from working in England and I worked six days a week for I think about four years so it was a long time and then I moved to New Zealand straight into that other job which again was a six day a week job as well so when you only get one day of rest a week it's not a lot Mm -mm. and then this job also ended up being six six days a week so from the the sort of even leaving England to now I was probably already exhausted I just didn't know it yet and then over time over the next few months you know working days from six o'clock in the morning till four o'clock in the afternoon which I hadn't actually done before plus I'm not a morning person I do not do mornings (laughs) um and it just started to get really difficult and not only that, but the environment that I was in at that time, it, it wasn't a great one. And I think the toll on my mental health became so bad to the point where I just dreaded getting up in the morning, going to work, just felt it just felt terrible. I had no desire to even get up. And within those few months of it going downhill, I went from basically myself that I knew to what felt like a shell. I felt like I just didn't even know who I was, what I was doing, why I was doing what I was doing, why I was so tired. Mm. And I think the people that, I think the, the thing that people get confused about burnout versus tiredness is that it's not just being tired. It's being exhausted in all aspects of mental, emotional, physical, you know, even spiritual to a degree. And I just was finding that I would go to work, finish at four, drive straight home, and I just go to bed. I didn't even have a shower. I didn't eat dinner. I didn't do anything. I would just go straight to bed and I would sleep pretty much most of the night, the evening, then the night, and then I'd get up at five the next morning to do it all again. And I think when you hit the point where you literally work for 10 hours a day and sleep for the other 14, (laughs) you know that you've hit rock bottom when you're not even doing the basics of being alive, like eating, brushing your teeth, you know, <laughs> having a shower, those are things that you should be doing every day. But when you can't do them, that's that's bad. Yeah. And you're sleeping 14 hours, but you're not waking up with energy or a focused brain. Oh, no, you, you actually feel worse after sleeping. Yes. Almost hungover, drowsy, like disoriented. <clears throat> Almost. Yeah. yeah, I was so there. 
Mm -hmm. And you just, you can never feel refreshed no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. And I I don't think it matters whilst you're still working how much you sleep. You can never get back the energy because it's not just the physical energy that's missing, but like you just have nothing left to give in any aspect of the word to anything. Yeah. And I mean, so this work environment, was it, a, a good like did you have good colleagues how was it or were they burnt out as well no I'd say it was just me which mm-hmm. made it harder because you yeah. feel you feel so isolated and you feel like you're the problem yeah because you, you can't relate to anyone else because everyone else is is fine mm-hmm. and when you try and speak out and say hey look I'm actually quite tired here and people sort of just go oh, well, everyone else can do it. Why can't you? Or they just, they can't validate where you're at and and they can't begin to understand how you've got to where you are. Because I think, especially in hospitality, it's such an industry that's just, it's very fast paced. It's very go, go, go. You're on your feet all day from the minute you start work till the minute you finish. You've got split shifts, you've got long shifts, for those listening that don't know about split shifts, I know I used to work in in hospitality. So what a split shift would look like what? So that would be basically starting work maybe if you're doing breakfast shift, you know, like six in the morning, then working till maybe lunchtime or two, and then you might have a couple of hours break and come back at sort of like five or ten. Or you can do the same but start later in the day, so like nine to three and then six to 10, something like that. Yeah. And you don't often have enough time to actually even go home. No. So you're just wandering around in between anyways, just filling the time. Yeah. Or you just, you pretty much just go and have a nap maybe, Mm -hmm. or just go and veg out for a couple of hours, you know, do nothing because you just, you don't really have the energy to do much. Like when I worked in England, I used to just because I lived upstairs in the place that I worked for a little bit. So you'd pretty much just go upstairs, watch TV for a couple of hours, you know, and then in the blink of an eye, you were back to work. So hospitality is quite renowned for chefs not having a life. Yeah. You, you don't have much of a social life. You don't have much of a personal life. You pretty much live and breathe your job. And over time, that just has such an effect on you physically. And it, it, it's... It's easier in your 20s. Like I started working in the kitchen when I was um, 15. And obviously when you're younger, your body can cope with the stress of life a lot more versus now I'm 32 tomorrow and my body struggles on a daily basis to just keep up with my job now. So when you're younger, I don't think burnout has so much of an effect on you because you're a lot more able to just deal with it. Yeah. And you have the physical ability to keep going. Whereas when you get older, your body goes, actually, you know what? You're quite tired here. (laughs) And everything becomes a lot harder. It is, though. I start looking back at it and I did have signs. So for me, it wasn't working at that age. Well, I'm going a little bit older. It was when I was old enough to go clubbing and stuff. But I, I would go clubbing and dancing until two, three in the morning and get home. And then I would, I always had 6am clients because I am a morning person and I loved 6am clients and I would work from six to three, then go home and have a nap and go clubbing again. 
But now that I start looking back at it, my gut was starting to have some struggles. I was struggling to digest some food. I was a little moody and a little more frustrated with people around me and at work. And, and I did isolate myself more in between as well. So I think that, yes, we are younger and we can push through it more. But once we start knowing the signs, I believe that sometimes, sometimes the signs are there or they eventually start creeping in as well. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I think, I think they are there. Um, and I'm with you. When I worked in England, I used to go out drinking till, you know, two, three in the morning, and then get up for work in the morning and be fine, do a whole day. Whereas yeah. now it would take me about a week to recover from. Right. And part of that is absolutely age when you're not in burnout, but like, but some of that can actually lead to the burnout as well. So you're working and you're feeling like this and you have nobody to be talking to that, that, that understands how you're feeling. What, where did you go from there? Um, I mean, I let it fester for a few months. I, I just, because I felt so trapped by my immigration status, because you can change jobs, but it it's a lot of work and you have to pay to change the restrictions on your visa. So for me at that time, it was kind of just, oh, I'll just put up with it. You know, I'll just, I'll just put up with working 10 hours a day and sleeping for 14. But as time went on, I started to realise that this isn't how my life should be. You know, I shouldn't be 27 and sleeping for 14 hours a day and working for 10. This this is not what my life is meant to be. And it's not the reason I moved to New Zealand was to become a shell of my former self, to be the most miserable I've ever been. And I was a horrible person to be around. I really was. I was just, I was grumpy. I was emotional. I reacted to everything. Rational thinking just went out the window. I was a really horrible person. And for me, you know, like we spoke about in our message at the start, it was having this sort of epiphany moment that naturally I do have quite a persistent personality and I will just keep going. I don't give in. (laughs) And I think that's a very English thing. We have this sort of inbuilt ability to just keep going like we will not stop till the bitter end which is is a double-edged sword because it's a good thing and a bad thing because there's times when you should give in but you don't and I think a lot of people misunderstand that if you do hit the level of burnout it, it doesn't make you weak as a person I think it takes a lot of strength to actually hit burnout because you you have to keep going and I think into this as well you can add in like people's different personalities because I know for me that my natural personality is that I don't like conflict I'm a little bit of a people pleaser so I'll just do things for the sake of other people I don't do it for myself so it's easier for me to just please everyone around me by going yeah I'll do that I'll take on that job you know I'll take this extra work and you just burn yourself out because you don't actually know when to stop and you don't have any boundaries. And and I think that is not a weakness. 
it's actually quite a strength, but people assume that it is a weakness and I don't think that it is. So then I had to mentally turn that around and say, okay, well, if I can burn myself out this much, then surely I can get myself out of it. You know, if I if I can get myself into this mess, I can definitely get myself back out. I don't know how yet and I don't know what it's going to look like and I, I don't know what it's going to involve, but I think the first step is to accept that you are burnt out and you have to sort of be at peace with that because I also think that a lot of us just go, oh, we're just tired. You know, we're just we're just a bit sleepy. Like, it's fine. It's just hospital or it's just this. It's just that. Yeah, it's just but, a phase. Once life settles down or once yeah. I get to the next stage of life, it will all just go into yeah. place. Yes. Yeah. So I think I think with that, it's almost because you live in this first person reality where you're just it's all about you and you become so emotional and you can't see things for what they are because your perception is so skewed because of where you are and the fact you're so exhausted. So everything is so much harder. And that's probably the hardest bit to take a step back from and look at it from a different perspective and go, okay, well, A, why have I got myself into this mess? I think the the biggest question to ask yourself is probably why. Like why are you letting yourself get burned out and what is the purpose for that? Because me, naturally, I'm a why person. I love to know the answer to everything. Yes. So whenever someone asks me a question or tells me something, I go, yeah, but why is that? Like, what is its purpose? So I think once I asked myself why I was burned out, then it became a lot more clear that I don't actually have to be burning out right now. And I can change my job. I just have to find some energy to be able to do that. And that's the hardest part because you know that you're capable of making a change, but you don't know where to begin. And because you're already so depleted of all your energy, where do you find the energy from to even consider making a change? How do you do that when you're in the negative of energy? Yes. And I honestly don't really know looking back how I did it. It was just some pure grit and determination that I have to make a change. And things just came to a head and it was a it was a bit of a shit show. And I basically just, one day I just woke up and I went, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to find myself a new job. And it's kind of like the universe had my back, to be honest, because I I'd put that thought into my mind of I need a new job. I don't know how I'm going to find it. But the next day I got speaking to... Um, someone from my gym who said they knew someone else who could get me a job in a cafe and it happened so within two days of of the other job I was straight into a new job wow so I think the other thing you have to do is you just have to keep the faith a little bit that that a change is available to you and don't give up hope you know you have to find something to hold on to that's going to get you out of it. Yeah. With change too, like change does not happen without discomfort either. And quite often it's easier to stay in the mess that we know 
than to think of the discomfort that's going to happen with that change. And that could be changing jobs as you did. Absolutely. It could also be going and talking to management, depending on what your job is and where you're at. If you're like, like all of these are so individual to, to where you're working. There are some places that you can talk to any, everybody and and no change will happen. Um, But there are some places where you can start talking to them and And they may start adjusting some things for you to help. Also, something that um, I did an episode on this a couple of episodes back as well, where you have a voice and you can start setting boundaries as well to start making those changes. So change can come in so many different forms. For you, it came with in a couple of days being able to find a job that took so much of the the struggles. Well, I don't know, actually, how were the struggles at this new job versus the old job? How did things change? How was that helpful in getting out of burnout? Um, I think for me, because I was at such rock bottom, I mean, I had no confidence within myself. My, my ability to do my job just became so much harder because I was so disengaged from myself in in my workplace um I also think another another problem with burnout is a lot of people think it's the individual's problem but personally I think that it's actually organizational as well because it is on the company to look out for signs of burnout within their staff but a lot of places don't especially within hospitality because it's just so expected that you will burn yourself out for your job and I don't think the onus is always on the person. You know, I think it's it's up to the, be it your manager, your boss, whoever's in charge of you. I think if they see people struggling, they need to take that on as well. And you you don't want to be coming at that person and making them feel worse and giving them more work to do. You know, you need to take a step back and go, okay, well, actually, as a, as a company here, like how can we help these people that are suffering from this? And when people become so disengaged from their job, that's really hard for them because they're so emotional that they can't communicate with you how they feel. Because I know that happened to me because I'm not always very good at articulating how I feel into words. I prefer to write stuff down because for me, I have time to process it, write it down, cross it out you know, perfect it because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Whereas when I speak, it's a lot harder. Um, and you almost just just need to sit and listen to that person and be it whether they want to speak about it or write about it, whatever. But they just want to be validated for where they are and be heard. And I think that's the best thing you can do for someone within a company who's suffering from burnout. They literally just want to be listened to. And a lot of places don't do that. They, they just, you know, it's like you need to do this, you need to do this. or, And I think mental health in the workplace has come a long way to a degree, especially in hospitality, because it's something that people just don't really care about. But over my career of 17 years, I've definitely seen increases in people taking mental health more seriously. 
like when I first started, it, it was kind of frowned upon to take a sick day. You know, if you were sick, you still went to work. You didn't take a sick day. Yeah. The amount of times that I, I was really ill and I still went to work because you are made to feel like you can't take a sick day. Yeah. It, it's that whole like tough it out. You know, if you're ill, you still go to work. Well, why should you? That's what your sick days are for. Why should you stress yourself out and, and, and go to work? You should be be able to take a sick day. And that's something that I I think there was, there's been a positive with COVID because now since yeah. COVID, it is okay for you to say, hey, I'm not feeling well. Even if it's not a full-blown flu, I think I might be fighting something. People are like, oh yeah, stay home. So I think there is that definitely that positive there of COVID. Many, many um, negatives for many businesses, but that I think is something that it has helped to change that narrative. And then when we're speaking as well of of what empl- like employers should be doing and should be looking out for it, it's fascinating because you and i are in this world of where we do understand what burnout looks like now we understand what it feels like and it's much easier for us because we've actually been in it to be able to look at people and go oh you are like oh man, like I can see this in you. Like, whereas somebody who has not experienced it may struggle as well to be able to to distinguish between somebody not doing their job the way that it's supposed to be done to its satisfaction um, and somebody who's lost that joy or somebody who is um, more angry and, and erupting more they're not always able to distinguish that between, oh, this is their stress system. This is that nervous system over firing versus this is somebody who like, oh, they've got anger issues they need to deal with or, you know, like which usually goes back to burnout and all that, but they don't know because they're not trained. And that is one of my big hopes as well with this podcast is that we can tell these stories like yours to have people understanding that when you see that an employee is disconnecting a little bit, when you see that they aren't doing their job the way that they used to do it, that's when you go and you do a check-in with them instead of reprimanding them and telling them that they have to do more. And symptoms that you said as well. So you said short fuse, not doing your job as well, being frustrated by things around you. Um, I, I see people that just, we don't, don't talk to people anymore, or um, there's so many different symptoms that you can start seeing in somebody. A hundred percent. I think, I mean, for me, I pretty much had most of those, you know, I was, I didn't like taking days off and holidays. I never have. And that's a double-edged sword because it gives you a great worth ethic, but at the same time, you'll burn yourself out. Like yeah. I always have to be forced to take holidays behind my boss. Right. In, in whatever job I've been in, I've never naturally been a person that will just take time off work. Mm-hmm. And because working six days a week for me was normal for basically my entire career. I mean, I don't work six days now. You know, that's, um, that's something that my boss doesn't like us to do unless it's necessary. And that's fine because that's part of being a team. If you're needed, you'll help out. But for the 
13 years prior to that, six days a week was normal for me. And, yeah, looking back now, I can see a lot of warning signs, especially like five years ago when I hit the serious burnout. And, uh, and I mean, I was just like irritable all the time. I had hostility towards everyone. I was blaming everyone else around me for everything that was happening. And that's probably another thing that's really hard to accept as well was that when you're in that midst of burnout, even though you feel like it's everything else around you, you do have to take responsibility for where you are mm -hmm. and how you're acting. But that's really difficult because you don't feel like it's your fault. Yes. And you actually have to, to sit with yourself and say, okay, I can't control what is happening to me but I am capable of making a change in how I respond and show up to that and that's something that for me I've probably only just had that epiphany moment this year five years later yeah that, that I was responsible for my behavior and how I was showing up at work but because I was just so depleted of everything I didn't care I didn't care that I came to work and I was horrible to people that I worked with I didn't care that I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't include myself in anything. I just wanted to be left alone. And only now can I look on that and say, okay, I can understand how that made everyone else feel. But at the time, I didn't care. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is, is it's so hard because us who have been on the other side can start looking at it and seeing but when we were in it as well, same thing for me, my husband could walk in a room and smile at me the wrong way. And I'd be like, why is he smiling at me that way? Why is he? And I would just be pissed at him. And it was only once I actually started coming out of my burnout. It was once I was doing things to regulate my nervous system that there were things he would do sometimes that would bother me. And then he would do the exact same thing another time. And it wouldn't bother me. And I'd be like, oh, this is weird. Why is this not bothering me now? But it really bothered me last time. And then it'll bother me again another time. And then I, that's when I started taking those steps back and going, wait, is this him or is this me? And yeah. it's so hard. It is. I think that is a part as well that you can only really see once you're out that I would encourage anybody listening to this, that if you do have a partner or a spouse or friends or colleagues that are saying things to you like, why are you getting so upset now and you never used to? Or why is, is it always everybody else's fault? Mm -hmm. And and or why are you getting so mad about this situation and sometimes you're like what do you mean why am i getting so mad at this? This is like this is pissed like blah blah blah, right? And the thing is 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 I would encourage anybody who is not out of burnout yet, or, or if that, if somebody is saying these things to you, if somebody is bringing it to your attention that, or you just, you are in a spot where you think it's everybody's fault, then stop and start looking at the other symptoms of burnout too, and see if you have some, because then maybe that is also a burnout symptom. Yeah, definitely. Because people around you will notice the change in you, but because of where you are, you don't want to accept that it's you. No. 
and it's so much easier to blame everyone else around you than it is to take accountability because you don't have the mental capacity or energy to even be able to take accountability either. Yeah, but if we actually dive into a bit of the science behind it too, when your nervous system is kicking in in fight or flight, you are in fight or flight. You are ready to fight or flee. Like your body, your brain is actually looking for a fight. It literally is because your, your nervous system's on, you're pumping out cortisol that you, it just feels right to be looking for the fight. Even if you're not like, I'm not a fighter that it's just so weird that I went through that phase and, and still didn't, didn't realize it wasn't me like that. It was me, but like, if we start looking at it, your body is literally looking for fight or flight that it is. It is so hard in that state to actually stop and say, Hey, is this me? Because it feels right. It's, it's what your body is geared up and designed to do to protect you. And why are you wrong for protecting yourself in a sense with what your body's doing? When, if we take that step back and look from the outside, we're like, Oh, you're, you're not being chased by a lion or a bear, you know, you're not in a physical threat right now that you need to fight or flee, you know? So I guess maybe that is one thing that people can think of. If you yeah. are constantly fighting with people, stop and think, is this really a dire situation that needs a fight? Like if I was looking at this from the outside, would I think this needs to be a fight right now? Yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. And I get that because I was in fight or flight survival mode for six, five months, five to six months. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I was ready for a fight every day. And I'm not a person that fights. I'm, I'm not in general an angry person. I hate conflict. I hate it. So, yeah, for me to see that side of myself and be showing up like that every day was hard, but like you said, my body was literally just trying to protect itself because I couldn't flee because I was trapped by the, the work visa. So I couldn't go anywhere. So I fight was my only option left, which is why I was so hostile and reactive to my environment around me every day. But the constant stress that that had on me, like I, my heart would be racing every day, every night I had I'm not a person that suffers from anxiety in general and never have been, but the anxiety that I had all the time was just next level. I felt like I couldn't breathe and I didn't leave the house. I didn't want to socialise. I was so scared of everything. And, And even after I started my new job, I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to go to the the local plaza, shopping mall, because I was so scared that I was going to see people that weren't even really that scary to me, but they just brought back all the trauma that I'd been through. And I I just refused to go anywhere. I wouldn't go to the supermarket. I just became someone who was so anxious all the time. And because I'd never dealt with that before, I didn't know what to do with it, but I knew that it wasn't normal to not want to go out because of other people and I would wake up in the night and have nightmares I remember one time really vividly that I woke up and I felt like someone was in my bedroom and and I saw it like I 
in my nightmare, this this person, they came into my room and they came down the side of my bed. And it sounds ridiculous to anyone else. Fight or flee. And, yeah. and I felt like this person was real and that they were really in my bedroom. And I woke up and I was like hyperventilating. I was sweating. I couldn't breathe. And I couldn't even sleep because I was so anxious all the time. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was that was probably the scariest part was just this this loss of control over myself because I really didn't know how to cope with that. And it wasn't until I started at my new job, I, I realized how much baggage I had accumulated, especially emotionally, and how much trauma that I put myself through probably unnecessarily but didn't know how to change it that after a few months of that I ended up taking myself to therapy because I just knew that the person that I was was not who I should have been and I went to therapy for my anxiety and to deal with what I'd been through and that probably changed my life actually because I I offloaded so much emotional baggage to her (laughs) over um quite a few months and I still go now and again I go probably once a year now but when I first started I was going one to two times a month and that's life-changing because it gives you the perspective to look back upon what you've been through and to look at it from a different point of view that you can't view it from when you're in it yeah absolutely therapy is such a huge part for that mental part of the stress that being in that fight or flight has put you in where you have felt that you are in the middle of a war every single day when you're not like you're just living your life and that really does take its toll so on top of the therapy then what else did you do because that's the mental part but you still have so much going on the physical your sleep is off you know just your nutrition like you weren't eating then like so what other things did you implement um something that i actually started whilst i was in the midst of burnout was um and this also changed my life and i still do it to this day was taking up cold showers, which sounds extreme, but um, I'd sort of come across like Wim Hof and all these people that were dealing with the cold. And I kind of looked into it a little bit and my, my process behind it was that if I can stand in the shower in the cold and suffer that pain, it can't be any worse than all the other pain that I feel. (laughs) Mm. Um, So if I can do that, then I can do anything. That was my logic behind it. And I went from zero to 100, which I don't recommend that people do. You should ease yourself into it by having a normal temperature shower and then going cold at the end. I didn't do that. I just went straight cold because I have a pretty all or nothing personality. So what I started doing was I just one day got into the shower and I just turned it to cold. And it was one of the most brutal experiences of my life. It was freezing and it was winter as well. It wasn't summer. It was the winter months in New Zealand, which probably aren't that cold compared to some countries, but still freezing. Mm-hmm. And I just knew in that moment that if I can stay, I gave myself a time limit of five minutes to stand under the cold. And I set the timer on my phone and I just did it. And I didn't do anything. I just literally stood there under the freezing cold water. And that's when I just had this moment of, you know, if I can do this, I can fix myself. Mm-hmm. 
And then I just, that became a habit for me. And I, I said to myself that I was going to keep up that habit for all of winter. I was going to commit to it. Even on the coldest days when it was freezing cold, I was going to come home and I was going to have a cold shower. And I did it. I did it every day for a year. Wow. And that is something that helped so much because it, it just, it just sort of connects you to this power within yourself that you do have control because if you can stand there under that freezing cold water, sh- literally shivering, that's how cold it is, that you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then with, with that, I I guess I just had to learn, <laughs> honestly, it sounds stupid, but just learn how to be a normal functioning human again, that it is, it isn't normal to sleep for 14 hours a day. So, okay, what is normal? About eight because my work hours had changed, so I had less time at work and I had more time at home. And so start to to try and just implement tiny little things like having dinner and making myself do it. It's, It's really hard, but one of the biggest things that you have to do is you just have to take action. Yes. And it can be taking action on the tiniest thing. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be something minuscule, but once you start that and you see the changes, then you can take action on bigger things and make bigger changes. And I knew, I knew that taking myself to the gym was probably not a good thing because I was already so stressed and depleted of everything mm-hmm. that I needed to do more stuff to work inwards rather than outwards. Because yeah. when I been to therapy one of the other because she's a she's a naturopath and does all this other stuff you know she made me get some blood tests and my adrenals were just smashed like the cortisol had just depleted me of of everything so then I started taking supplements to build my adrenals back up again to have some resilience to stress to deal with the emotional side of it so it's just such a slow process but I think the biggest thing as well is that you have to have some self-compassion as to where you are and have some understanding that where you are now is okay and you can build on that. Like you have to have that love for yourself. Yeah. But that that is hard because you you almost hate yourself for letting yourself get into that mess in the first place. Yeah, the guilt, the ego, the pride, all of those things always do find their way in. And yeah, when you were saying about the cold showers too, I was thinking like that is that is the thing. That was your one step. That was your one tiny habit. Um, For I know for myself, I couldn't handle cold showers at that time for the same reason that you said about exercise was that was even too much of a stress on my body for where I was when I was in my burnout. So I do want to say for everybody who's listening to this, that sometimes that cold shower is friggin' phenomenal for getting you out and getting that nervous system trained. I mean, there's so many scientific studies on that and like cold pools are the biggest biohacking tool right out there right now. Um, so there's so much out there, but same thing with exercise. There are going to be some people whose stress systems are so depleted that even that cold shower is too much of a stress on their body. Even though science shows it's a good stress, a stress is a stress. So 
That's amazing though, but it was that one step. It was five minutes, five minutes of day of something is what you started with. And then that got into that bigger step. And then it got into another step and they just all compound. Yeah, yeah, they do. And I, I think it, it is about that. It's just picking something that works for you. Because like you just said, cold showers don't work for everyone. So if you're absolutely fried, don't try it because it will probably make things worse. But I mean, personally, it didn't for me, but it, it's finding something for you and, and trying not to do things that do stress you out more than you already are. So working on you know, resting, relaxing, just literally doing nothing. You don't have to do anything. And even if that means just having a break and just sitting on the couch for five hours, well then do it. You don't, you don't need to do anything. Your body needs, needs time and space to recover. Lots of sleep, lots of sleep. Sleep is huge. It is absolutely. So before your burnout, did you ever just stop and sit? No, I, I'm not a person that naturally rests. I yeah. never have been. I, I'm a bit like an energizer bunny. I'll just keep going. And that's probably what led me to burnout is that I don't know when to stop and I don't know how to rest. Um, so for me, that was huge. And that's probably honestly something only within the last year have I actually learned to do. Mm-hmm. I'll I will go to the gym seven days a week if I'm allowed. I will do a workout every day, and that's basically what led me to my second burnout, which is what just happened. The Christmas just gone was last year about June. I got COVID, mm-hmm. and it got me pretty bad. I'd say it got me a solid sort of nine out of ten. I I couldn't move out of bed for three days. I was just exhausted, and and then I had to recover from that so that was a week off work well actually I think it was like nine days and then but obviously going back to work was hard because you still have the exhaustion and all the symptoms that come with it so it's not just the week recovery it's actually for me I think it was about two to three months Mm -hmm. before I actually started to feel okay and then about two months later I got hit with this flu which was just brutal. It was up there with COVID. So I'd gone from that strain to another illness. And then I went to Australia in November for a holiday and I had an amazing week. It was just what I needed. I just needed a break from life, from work, to be somewhere I'd never been before, to just chill. And then I came back to New Zealand and I got sick again. So I got something on the plane and it was kind of like a cold flu. It wasn't COVID. And that was another, I think, four to five days off work, which I really struggled with because I'm not a person that naturally ever gets sick. Mm. I don't get ill very often. So for me to get three illnesses basically within six months that were all really, really bad, I just, I could feel myself just getting exhausted. And on top of that, work was really stressful. It was coming up to Christmas which for hospital workers is the worst time of year. Everyone else is winding down, taking time off work, whereas we're winding up, we're getting busier, we get more stressed. And and then I was also training at the gym basically six days a week on top of all of that. And I didn't really ever let myself recover from COVID in the first place. It's one of the worst things you can do is go straight back into exercising. (laughs) But because for me, that's my coping mechanism for life is the gym. 
that was the only thing that I I had yeah and then in November I basically tore my rotator cuff it wasn't one of the worst tears that you can have but I had a lot of pain all down my bicep and my arm and I couldn't even lift my arm and that was basically from overtraining so I had to deal with that and then in December I sprained my L5 joint in my back um and that just led me to another burnout it wasn't as brutal as the first one but having the physical pain on top of the mental and emotional (laughs) and then having to go to work as well when your your back is just my back was so sore and I had to take two weeks off work um instructed by the chiropractor just to try and recover from that and only now is that really recovering and that's been nearly six months and if we look at this I mean all of those illnesses together is your inflammation system that's not working, which is a, which is a classic sign of the starts of burnout and then not healing, repairing, and then injuries in the gym. Like all of these are classic signs when you keep getting repetitive injuries and things aren't healing or colds and flus or allergies creeping up, um, sinuses getting irritated or like getting rashes and stuff skin irritations, these are all signs that your immune system is struggling, which is one of the hormones that your stress system is in charge of. And if it can't be doing that, that all is leading you to to know about the burnout. So if I'm understanding correctly, though, it was only after this that you actually started giving yourself active, like rest time, like real rest time. Or Yeah, probably within the last... um four months have I actually truly understood the power of rest now I'm able to just get up in the morning Mm -hmm. not do anything for the first first few hours of the day be lazy watch tv not go to the gym and it's hard when you're naturally a person that is just go 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 all the time yes so but this is really really important for people to understand your first burnout when you were getting out of it, the, the, you did have a, cha- a, j- a job change, which was super helpful for you. But even then you were still so burnt out that you needed to do that one step, that five minutes of water, of cold water. And that five minutes daily got you to where you could then add another active habit, like a, a habit that you're actually in motion doing still. So you're still doing all of these active things that... It was only after a second burnout crash that you were able to stop and actually stop. And I want people to know that because so often we hear that you need to stop, you need to rest, you need to do self-care, which yes, is important, but people make it sound like it's such an easy thing to do when you are somebody that is always on the go, that has this personality of pushing that like type a goal oriented, um, not a lazy person, all of these things, however you want to label it. Um, we're the high achievers. We're the ones that like really do amazing things in our lives. But at the same time, the one thing that is hard for us is stopping. And for some reason, there's usually this guilt feeling with it, or you're being lazy, there's negative connotation to it, that I do want people to understand and recognize that it 
is a mindset switch and it's not easy to do it's important but it can be just like you did with five minute cold showers it can be something that you do okay i'm gonna sit for two minutes right now and do nothing a day like it's okay to start off doing two minutes of nothing and work your way up to eventually it being more and and when we're saying like rest time and and you you just said that like you will watch tv and do stuff but you are actively choosing that as a rest thing it's not like you're watching tv to numb out in a sense like there's a difference because people who are in burnout will sit on a couch and do nothing and just watch tv because they can't do anything else but that is not actually a choice of this is what I'm doing with my time. Like when you're in such burnout at that point, it's not really a choice. It's just your body's crashing on you. So there's a yeah. choice though, that when you're feeling good, when you can get to the gym, when you've got <clears throat> the energy, when you're doing your work, when you're all of that, that's when that active rest time is something we have to actually schedule into our day and make sure that it's guilty it's it's actually on purpose yeah and i think that that's probably one of the hardest things is is learning how to actively rest on purpose <laughs> yeah, with, yeah with intention so i think that's that's probably another thing as well is what is your intention for what you're doing like why are you doing it and and why are you doing anything? You know, if you're going to work and burning yourself out, why are you doing that? Yeah. What's your intention for it? Are you just doing it because making a change is harder and you can't be bothered or you you don't know how to? But that's that's almost as well when you need to reach out and ask for help and know that you can do that. Mm -hmm. People will help you. You just need to ask them. And that's another thing that I struggle from is asking for help because I like to think that I can do everything on my own, but you can't. Yes, many of us. <laughs> it who feels, like a, of, feels like a weakness to say, "Hey, I'm actually really struggling. I need help." But even, I'm not struggling, but I would like some help so that I can. Yes, you don't even have to be struggling, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, it, it is. It's just so hard, so hard. Okay, so you have had another burnout, and that was in December. So walk us through where you are now, because now we're into May. So what has gone on from December when you started giving yourself active rest until now? Um, I'm realizing how important rest is. I mean, I couldn't do anything for the first few months because of my back. So there was not much going to the gym. Basically, all I could do was just lay on the couch and be a vegetable for about two weeks. So within that two weeks, I had to realize that sometimes you're, when, when you don't let yourself rest, your body will do it for you and it will make it so that you can't physically do anything, which is what happened to me. Yeah. And you just have to embrace it and know that it's it's for a reason at that time that you're going through that. And then I think something else that we don't do is we don't self-reflect enough of where we've been versus where we are now. Mm -hmm. And looking back on, on the journey, you know, life's not about the destination. It's about the journey to get there. Yes. And then being able to look back on the lessons that you've learned and Burnout is, is brutal, but I think within 
every you know crisis there is an opportunity to be found if you can find it there is something in there but it might take you years to find it it's taken me five to really truly understand what I went through in and kind of over time you can become grateful for that and being at rock bottom will teach you so much more about yourself than anywhere else you can be yes it really will so true so so probably a a lot of self-reflection and and understanding that especially as you get older I mean since hitting my 30s I've realized that my body can't keep up like it used to be able to so now it's it's more become about how can I look after myself and fuel myself rather than depleting myself all the time you don't have to keep going yeah you you can stop and you can look after yourself instead you don't have to just keep exercising and working and doing all the, all of these things and and learning techniques to help yourself like setting boundaries being able to say no you know if someone asks you to cover an extra day or something you don't want to feel comfortable in your response like no I'm not going to do that I'm going to set that boundary and I'm going to stay strong on it I I don't I'm not capable of doing that or I just don't want to you know putting yourself first for once yeah absolutely and I mean I'm 49 and in 49, I feel better than I felt in my 20s when I was personal training um, and in burnout. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things where now that I am giving myself more rest and, and, and being able to work out without pushing myself into um, overtraining and getting the proper restorative sleep that I need and getting all the tools, making sure hormones are balanced and making sure my nervous system is in check and making sure that all of the boxes are checked instead of just kicking butt in the gym and trying to eat healthy, right? Like there's, there's big differences for eating for your stress system versus eating healthy as well. And just covering all those boxes just makes such a difference on where it is that like, you can feel stronger as you're older with taking more rest time and checking off more of the boxes of the things that your body needs, instead of focusing solely on a couple of those boxes. Yeah, it becomes, I think it becomes more of a whole as you yes. as you get older and you can look at it from more of a holistic perspective that burnout isn't burnout probably it is restricted to the workplace mainly because it's not just a little bit of you know, a little bit of stress won't cause you burnout. It's it's chronic, constant, long-term stress that causes burnout. And it's not just working an extra day or working long hours that causes burnout. It's doing it all the time, over time. Yes. So it, it and I think that's that's something as well to realise is that a little bit of a stressful day at work isn't going to cause you burnout. It's when you have a stressful day every day for like six months. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to get burnout. Absolutely. Um, and just, and it's so hard because burnout is such a vicious circle once you get stuck into it because you you get exhausted and then everything's just amplified. And like we said, you just want to fight everything and everyone. And and it just goes downhill so quick that then you're down here and there's just no way out. And then the cycle starts again. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really difficult once you're, once you're in there to see a way out. And it's just... Um, 
like once you can find a way to break that cycle for yourself, which is definitely the hardest part, you you really do realise that life is not about that. You you don't have to keep going. And like you just said, you you understand there's a lot more factors that come into that. Like are you sleeping? Are you eating? Are you socialising? Are you isolated? That It's not just work. Yeah. And, and if you can work on those things and you can go, okay, well, I'm not getting this or I'm not getting that, then you can slowly start to recover. And then once you have, it just becomes more holistic to you, if that makes sense. Like you understand that there's a lot more contributing factors that do contribute to burnout than just work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, burnout is a beast and there is so much, so much in it. Um, so Re, this has been hugely informative. Um, I think it is exactly what everybody really needed to hear was is is how burnout can really affect you in so many ways. I mean, you've you've really uh, captured that well. So I'm so grateful that you came on here and shared your story with us today. Um, we were talking as well, and um, you are still doing things as well in the hospitality space, but I think you're also now with working less hours, um, like not crazy hours, you're still working full-time hours. But with that, I believe you had mentioned that you are also getting into um, maybe doing a little training uh, and that, is that correct into with clients? Are you looking to like expand, expand from your burnout story into a little more of the health, health and wellness field? Um, yes, yeah, so I still do my hospitality job and then um, I study full-time outside of that, the other what nights and evenings, so that's online. So that's studying to become a personal trainer. Nice. Um, which I'm hoping to be finished by Christmas. And I think part of me wants to do that. Like I want to start off in personal training, but then I'd like to venture out into other aspects later on, like you know, mental health and maybe a little bit of nutrition and those, those types of things, but just getting, helping people to look after their overall health yeah. because it's so neglected within society at the moment that I, I think a lot of us just take it for granted until we get sick and then we go, oh, maybe we should look after ourselves a little bit more, you know. Absolutely. So to, to be, a, be a part of that and help other people, it just, just feels right. Nice. Nice. Well, I wish you all the best with that because I mean everything that you've shared with us today and like my background is as personal trainer I've been for 30 years that what I see in you is exactly what we need in personal trainers that are coming coming into the space is those that understand burnout understand that difference between how much is enough and how much is too much and that that big balance in there so I'm so grateful that you're also going into that direction. It's absolutely amazing. And it's exactly what is needed. So for anybody who is looking to find you, um, where can they find you? I'll also post the links below in the show notes for, for everybody. Um, so probably basically at the moment, just on Instagram, I don't really have an active business because I haven't thought that far ahead. <laughs> and it's just under uh, coach free. There's not much on there. I haven't posted anything for a while. 
but I, I would like to start utilizing it and putting more stuff on there so that I can start changing careers and getting that sorted and getting clients and stuff. So you're yeah, probably just that at the moment. Amazing. All right. So we will put that link definitely in the show notes. And I just want to thank everybody for listening today. This episode, um, I really think is a must listen to what Re has shared with us is invaluable when it comes to just how we don't even know the signs when we're in burnout, but now that she has been teaching you and, and you're hearing it, maybe you can start seeing some of the signs in yourself. So thank you for listening to this. If you would like to reach out to me as well, if you are a first responder, you can go to my website, 911lifestyle.com. If you are a non-first responder or even a responder, you can also go to my other site, which is burnoutexpert.ca. That's where you'll find all of the episodes, all of the show notes, links to um, get on my mailing list or to contact and book with me directly. So thank you very much. And we will chat with you in the next episode.